Season 2, Episode 9 of the Birding Life Podcast. My name is Adam and I'm your host on the podcast where we discover birds and the people that pursue them. In the second to last episode of Season 2, we will continue to help prepare birders for the flock to Marion Cruise. A few weeks ago, we looked at birding in the Cape Town area. This time, we'll be looking at where the flock cruise will be ending and look at birding in the KwaZulu-Natal area. This week's guest is KwaZulu-Natal birding guru, Michael Wright, from Sustain Wildlife and Birding Safaris. Michael will be telling us all about the five best spots to bird in the province, telling us all about the birds, as well as the tips for each location, and he'll also tell us his favorite bird at each of those spots. So although not in KwaZulu-Natal, be sure to check out Roybach Lodge, which is situated in the heart of the Klankaroo in the Western Cape. Check them out either in our accommodation directory on our website or visit www.roybachlodge.co.za. We'll put all the relevant links in the comment section of this podcast. If you are coming on the Flock to Marion cruise and are looking for binoculars, scopes or any of the Southern African field guides, either visit our online store, the link is in the show notes, or drop us an email on info at thebirdinglife.com. We'll do everything we can to get you the best prices around, as well as ensuring that they are in your hands before you board the ship. So, let's get into today's episode. The Birding Life is proud to be associated with Sorovsky Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars, and spotting scopes, as well as the Bird Lesser Bird Logging app. Spot, plot, play a part. Download and install the app to play your part in social conservation. The Birding Life is a lot more than just a podcast. It's a multi-platform resource to connect birders with each other, amazing locations, the best resources, and obviously where to find amazing birds. Check out our website at www.thebirdinglife.com, our YouTube channel, our various social media platforms, as well as the other podcasts we host. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider subscribing and leaving us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts to help others find the show. So let us get into this week's episode of the Birding Life Podcast. Okay, Michael, welcome to the Birding Life Podcast. It's good to have a chat to you. Um, it's great to chat to someone from KZN finally. Oh, it's wonderful to be here, Adam, and thank you so much for the invite. It's uh, really something I've been interested in and and i've enjoyed the building life progress uh in a short space of time you guys are doing wonderful things so thank you for the opportunity so just for the sake of listeners who might not know who you are can you tell us a little bit about yourself and also how your birding journey started yeah absolutely so yeah i'm 41 years old uh, married with two kids and um i started nesting birds in 1992 so that's nearly 30 years ago um, I'm now 41, so started when I was about 12. Yeah, I'm both an ecotourism consultant and a nature tour operator, and my business is Sustain. So Sustain Wildlife and Birding Safaris. We're currently based in Durban, but we'll be relocating to Somerset West in a week's time. And yeah, ostensibly our business um, is focused on small to medium-sized groups. Um, we lead captivating wildlife and birding experiences sustainably throughout Southern Africa and, 
and love it. Yeah, just before we were on air, and this is a little bit off topic, but, you know, obviously the president spoke last night. And for those that are listening, maybe you're tuned into this a couple of months from now. You know, South Africa has been red listed, which is not not great. And, you know, what sort of impact do these restrictions that have on the tourism industry for someone who is relying on tourism to, to make an income? Yeah, it's significant, Adam. You can imagine that's just confidence levels of people being willing to, to take the risk um, to travel. And I was explaining earlier that I've got some international clients. One's booked a 22-day safari through South Africa with uh, six people and the other one a 46-day self-drive trip. And um, you can imagine the hesitancy when you get news of that nature. So they always ask first thing, you know, 100% refund. You have to do a whole lot of research. What is the COVID levels? You know, how long is the wait going to last? Try to reassure them. And uh, it really messes significantly with uh, the planning, deposits, and the logistics and admin goes up substantially in the cost around that. Um, so it really is can be devastating, and we just trust that we um, make a plan and, and work our way through it to, to to stay up, keep our head up, and and believe and have a sustainable business uh, beyond that. I, I think the reality is, and I was thinking about this yesterday when I was doing our newsletter. This the whole COVID statistics and all this kind of thing. I mean, when these restrictions come into place, it's not just tours are stopping. It's you know, people are relying on this to pay school fees, to pay rent, to put food on the table. And yeah, I mean, it's literally, I mean, just to having that income taken away. <laughs> I don't even understand how people are, how people make it. Absolutely. So it's, it, I mean, if all your eggs are in that basket, you are you going to rely on the generosity, love and support of the community. And so I think um, the only hope really, to be frank, um, unless you've got an alternative income source, um, you've, looked at another initiative and some sort of commerce, um, then then it is a desperate situation. So, I mean, just whatever people out there can do to support. And if you have, even even if, you know, it's, it's a small gesture or you can do a one-day tour um, rather than a lengthy thing, just something makes, makes a difference. Thank you. So, Michael, that's the, the bad news. Um, we're going to talk about the good news now. So, if all works out well, in January next year, next year the Flock to Marion cruise is happening. And a couple of weeks ago, um, I had Garrett Skeet on the show, and we spoke all about birding in Cape Town. And we spoke about how a lot of people will possibly go down to Cape Town a little bit, little bit before Flock and do some birding in Cape Town. So, we're going to do the opposite today for people that are coming from other places when the ship um, lands in or docks in Durban, uh, we're going to chat about the birding in the KwaZulu-Natal area. So, you know, for the, just for the sake of overseas listeners first, Etiquini or Durban is situated in KwaZulu-Natal. It's on the east coast of South Africa. And we're going to talk about some of the best birding spots in this episode and the birds that you're going to get to see. So I've, I've put Michael on the spot. And I think this is really difficult when it comes to KZN because to pick five places and five birds that you love, I think it's a real challenge. It sure is. Uh, this province is really blessed uh, with when it comes to biodiversity, birding in birds in particular. There's just a wealth of, of opportunity, incredibly diverse habitats, altitudes, and and so many interesting little gem uh, destinations. So it is a challenge, um, but I'll do my best to, to explain what, what my feeling is. I've lived in KZN. Well, Kazuna Natal for about 37 years, and um, 
So I've got a good handle on, on the space. I've traveled it substantially. And um, yeah, would love to share some of what I've learned in that time. And just in terms of KZN, approximately how many species of birds are found in KZN? Uh, so, I mean, it, it depends if you calling in the migrants and you're also calling in the, the vagrants and things like that. But uh, it makes a substantial part of the South African list. The exact figure right now is, I'm not, I'm not actually sure, you'd probably be better than me on that, on that figure. But to put it in context, one way of explaining it is Mkuzi Game which is 40,000 hectares, has 53% of the South African bird list. So a tiny little place, 40,000 hectares, 53% of the country's list you, tells you a story. Um, it's 2% the size of the Kruger and, and comes close on, on the birding numbers. So what I'm going to do is we're going to go from your fifth favorite to your most favorite place to bird in KZN. And you're going to give a whole lot of tips on what birds can be seen, also how to possibly bird the place. And then we're also going to talk about what is your best bird from that place. So let's start at number five. What is your fifth best birding place in KZN and why? Okay, here we go. So there's a very close uh, competitor to this one, but my fifth favorite is the Bendy Garden and Cockleaf area. It's Misbalt Forest and Misbalt Grassland has an amazing feel to it, just tranquility, peace. The scenery is fantastic, and Bendy Gardens in particular is the botanical gardens created privately in the most extraordinary sense, and, and they're very welcoming to birders. And the trees, the, the pathways and, and the lawns, plus waterways, and, and just this how it can change in the seasons is quite spectacular. So uh, I do love it. In and around it are some extraordinary forest habitats, grassland habitats, and wetlands. So you can imagine it's, it's got a lot to offer. And my favorite bird there is the orange ground thrush. I've seen it a few occasions, and just such a unique bird. It's very difficult to find um, within South Africa and, and the Southern African region. It's, it's in, in very niche habitats. And yes, I love that. And close behind that, and the right season is the forest buzzard is really special, not easy to find in case then. So that's one of the places I've seen it uh, twice. And yep, so I'd call that number five on the list. Around it in the Cockroof region, there's obviously a lot of crane species. We've had breeding wild cranes, which are not easily found in South Africa. And you can imagine the rallids and just grassfold birds are also. I'm grateful, so love that place. Yeah, we actually did the Benvy Gardens as part of our Birding Big Down Saturday. And I mean, the orange ground thrush literally arrived at the place. We were driving in and there was one calling just above us. And it's just, it's, it's, I know a lot of people say it's one of the easiest places to get that bird in anywhere, anywhere. And it's just this, it's this absolutely stunning bird. If you haven't seen it and you're listening to this podcast, I encourage you go and Google it. It's one of these beautiful birds. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with you. It's this fantastic bird and that they've got these little feeders. And, and I mean, you just go to the feeder and they're just, they're just there. Uh, very special. Being a thrush, it's obviously got a really great call. Um, sings beautifully, so not just an attractive individual to look at aesthetically, but audibly, it's 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 really special. What other species are found in at, at Benvi? I mean, I know I think it's also a good spot for wood owl, if I'm not mistaken. 
yeah, what else hits me? Probably the real target would be Eastern Bodsnake Pigeon has been seen in and around there. Um, not necessarily Benvy per se, but very on its borders. And then Scaly Throated Honeyguard, Bush Blackcap, and they've seen Striped Crake there and things like that. So, uh, sorry, Striped Cocktail there and things like that. So it's really got some, some gems. Yeah, and I think also just just on a side note, we always try and give practical information. You know, when you arrive there, it's fifty rand um, for adults to get in, and all that you there's a little box there. You just pop your donation into the box, and yeah, I mean the place is very well maintained. Um, if you get to meet the owners, I don't know what their names are, but they really are these fantastic people with a real passion for the place. And yeah, it's a very very special place. And I think that whole Carcliff area that's that's my number one place to bird in KZN. It's just this, like you said, all three crane species are found there. Um, was the first place I got, I got Balin's Crake. Great accommodation options. Uh, there's good coffee options in Harwick also. That's also pretty cool. So I think it's just this place with which which offers so much in that Cockleaf area. It's just a beautiful area and people are coming to KZN. It's like an hour, just over an hour from Durban and it's it's worth a trip out, I think. Absolutely, yeah. It's um, The gardens were planted in 1888, uh, sorry, 1882 by John Geeky and the Geeky family, and it's 120 years old. It's quite amazing. In addition to what you've mentioned, there's white starred robins, olive wood peckers, and great cookie shrikes. K parrots have been seen there as well. Obviously, that's a, a big target. So, yeah, the fact that they just allow people to, to enter on a donation basis is, is a real treat and, and makes it very special. So that's number five done. Let's go to your next um, location on the spot, Number your number four spot in KZN. Yeah, so uh, tough to order these, but I'd say the Sani Pass Underberg region. Love that, love that space. It's always dramatic. Uh, obviously, high level of endemism, and the scenery is, is quite spectacular, and the change is quite substantial between the seasons too. So seasonality is a factor, obviously, one of his challenges on a birding level is electric and, and pretty dramatic thunderstorms and the winds that can pick up uh, too. So you have to pick your day sometimes and that sometimes makes, makes it a bit of a challenge. But it's a real rugged adventure, very exciting um, to get all the way to the top of the pass. is is a bumpy ride and it's a lot of fun. Around every corner, it, it just gets more impressive. So love Sony Pass. And, you know, if you get up to the top and over the other side it's like an entire different planet um you feel like you're on the moon all of a sudden and, and that's uh makes it quite a quite an adventure and your favorite bird on the sony at on sony pass yeah so one of um south africa's only two um real endemics um that are their families are found only within south africa is obviously the rock jumper family so rockers big rock jumper is is very special and it's probably the best spot to get up close to them. On my last trip, we had males and females and juvenile in close proximity to us, and they're just spectacular birds. Very interesting. I think it's one of those spots. I went, we did an episode on it about a month ago um, with Aldo Burrito, and it's just such a you know, it's just one of those places. Again, you speak about those places that are so special. It's just I think it's not just the birds you get to see. It's just that whole Sony Pass experience. It's just, like you 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 rightly said, it's like being in a totally different world, and it's amazing because it's like you can almost be on the beach in the morning and in in snow in the afternoon. It's just this fantastic place. I mean, just the species that are there. Just thinking of stuff like your Drakensberg Siskin, your uh, you you spoke about your Drakensberg rock jumper stuff like your um, um gurney sugar bird and man there's just so many so many special species that are that are 
most of them, a lot of them are found pretty much nowhere else. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, very special day out. Yeah, absolutely. So what's quite unique about it is you're getting both rock jumper and sugar bird, the Gurney sugar bird in this instance, in that literally on the same road where the only other place you can get both rock jumper and sugar bird is obviously in, in the Western Cape. Um, obviously different species, those being the Cape version. So very, very special, particularly for an international birder. Those are right up the top two birds that they often want. And, and Sani Pass delivers those, those two. And then again, also just, just on the, on the, the touristy side of things, you know, I think also Sani Pass, uh, uh, Underberg, which is right close to Sani Pass has fantastic accommodation options, places to get food. My favorite place to get coffee in Underberg, it's my go-to place every time is Lemon Tree. I think they make, it's one of my favorite places in the whole of South Africa to go. It's just a fantastic place. And it's just, you know, you've got this rugged kind of montane habitat, but you've also got this town right close there, which is which has almost got everything you need. Correct. Yeah, Underberg's well-stocked. It's got a lot of great resorts, uh, a world of adventure and, and activity outdoors. So, really healthy environment for families and, you know, that strong country feel with very unique and interesting places. Humble too, is quite spectacular. There's a lot of properties that have wildlife on them. Trout fishing and, and whatnot is obviously sometimes a great pastime in combination with birding. Um, at the top of Sani Pass, for those that, are, that enjoy a beer, is the highest pub in, in South Africa. So, yeah, I know some birders, when they get up there, they celebrate with a good beer too, and, and that's special. Maluti Lager is in a call like that, is it, if I remember correctly? Yes, yeah. It's, it's one, of the, one of the go-to beers, for sure. Yeah, and just on a very unbirding related note, um, Harmville has this fantastic museum. If you're there for a couple of days, it's really worth worth visiting. It's one of my I'm, 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 I love museums, and I just think it's 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 well worth a visit. So yeah, like you said, there's a lot not just birding wise, but I think for people with families, there's a lot to do for as a family. Roybach Lodge is situated in the heart of the Clan Karoo, a unique combination of stillness beauty and warm hospitality. The lodge is nestled in the foothills of the Roybach Mountains and extends over some 14,000 hectares. Located in the Asagar Nature Reserve between Ladysmith and Kalitzdorp, just outside the quaint village of Van Vagstorp, surrounded by feinbos, succulents and rare Karoo plant species. The calm and tranquil feel seeps into the soul. Listen out for the birds singing during the day and the night jars at night. There's a variety of activities to take part in, such as guided hikes, guided bird walks, nature drives, and olive tours to the local olive estate of Mount Ruff. You'll be able to spot birds such as African hoopoe, Bok Makiri, Fairy Flycatcher, African Paradise Flycatcher, Karoo Scrub Robin, Common Cuckoo, Classes Cuckoo, Deirdrex Cuckoo, African Olive Pigeon, Orange Breasted Sunbird, and a whole lot more. Check them out either in our accommodation directory on our website or visit www.roybachlodge.co.za. All the links will be in the notes to the show. Yeah, so we got two down. What's your number three place on your list? So a real favorite, particularly with internationals um, and locals, depending on the season, is St. Lucia. So St. Lucia Estuary, the beach area, and up towards the Cape Bartle Gate, um, that zone has so much to offer. Very interesting, very safe uh, space. So lends itself beautifully to walking um, and birding by foot. And 
literally within the space of a few kilometers, you can do everything from shoreline to estuary to forest to hydrophilus grass to swamp, swampy areas. And there's a myriad of things to see there. So really special. And before we get onto your favorite bird, I think what makes St. Lucia, that whole area, really amazing is not just the, the birds. I mean, there's, there's things like leopard and all those kinds of things. And I know you're speaking about it's a great place to walk around, but there's big crocs and there's big hippos. And yeah, there's a lot more than just birds. And I think it just makes the area very, very special, especially for, for people maybe from overseas who haven't seen hippos and crocodiles and leopards and that kind of thing also. Correct. Yeah. So interestingly, one of my close friends who guides for us, Richard McKibben, he did a two-year leopard research project on the eastern shores. And I helped him with that um, on, on drafting his reporting side and analyzing the stats with him. And he through camera trapping, had 27 identified individual species of leopard just on the, just from Cape Idol to St. Lucia and from the estuary and, and lake to the, to the beach. So it's a very small space to have 27 leopard. Some of those were in the gardens of people's homes in St. Lucia, a few records. So when you say there's leopards there, it's absolutely true. So the hippos, the last time I was guiding, they were literally walking amongst the street with us feeding at night. Um, if you're on some of the trails around Eden Park and whatnot, you may get a surprise depending on the time of day when a hippo comes up path. Um, fortunately, no real incidences with birders or, or tourists, but um, it makes for exciting, exciting times. I was with a client from Cape Town on the beach there, came over the dune and literally out of the corner of my eye saw a three and a half meter crocodile and we must have got to four or five meters from it before I hit the brakes and and yeah, it's a pretty wild space, but but very interesting. Loved by foreigners and and domestic tourists. What makes it special is the estuary protects it, um, and so it's a very safe community, and people have the freedom to explore, and and it's got so much to see. I think what I love about San Lucia is I would agree with you. It's one of my again one of my favorite spots. It's it's that. A lot of the birds, a lot of the specials that are in the area, like your Livingston's Turaco and those kinds of things, a lot of those birds that are your sorts after birds are actually very accessible and they relatively easy to find a lot of them if you just know the spot to go. And then obviously the estuary is just like oftentimes if you get the right levels and that, it's, it's, it's just, there's so many times there's just rarities pitch up there. I mean, stuff like, I mean, your chestnut banded plover, that's been seen there. There's a whole lot of things that are seen in that, in that estuarine system. And it's just like one of the best places. I think just pop up, get a scope, pop a scope up there. And yeah, there's just so many good places for birding. And like, like I said, and I think you've also alluded to it, it's, it's very accessible. It's not like it's, you can walk around the town and a lot of the birds are there and it's, it's amazing. Absolutely. So I mean, obviously, the focus is on the birding side. And um, one of my, well, probably my top bird there would be a green malcoa, also endemic to the region. Very difficult. Uh, gives away its, itself by a tick-tick call, but almost sometimes impossible to, to see and even more difficult to photograph. So if you, if you really want to um, spend time trying to get a good image, it, it takes time. And, um, yeah, I've had quite a few good sightings there and got some great images there of them too. They, they love to sit right up in the top canopy and very reclusive. Somehow always find themselves behind a branch or a couple of leaves and, um, and it takes real patience to get them in the open. You also mentioned Louisa's Duraco. I've, yeah, a spectacular place to see them. Also can be very hoppy at times, so not the simplest thing to photograph despite it being big and beautiful. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's very accessible. There's even bus spotted flufftails there around the Eden Park zone. If you go into the grassland area, swamp night jars obviously a, a really sought after endemic, and and there's some uh, individuals around there that can can be found at night, obviously, and early mornings. I've had southern banded snake eagles, I've had uh, crowned eagles, and European honey buzzards all come through, and yeah, to see all those real, you know, real sought after species on the raptor side is is fantastic, you know, western ospreys and, and the like. And then on the shore side, like you mentioned, chestnut banded um, plovers, there's been sooty terns, uh, sooty gulls, and some uh, European oyster catchers have been seen there quite a bit. And yeah, the shoreline has great, great amount to offer too. I have read they do pelagics off of St. Lucia. Are those worth going on? So yeah, they've done them a few times and I haven't been on one. I've been out to sea um, fishing, but, but not, not birding. And the right time of year, I know that that area delivers quite substantially. They've had instances of frigate birds and tropic birds and things like that seen, and I'm sure the petrels and, and whatnot come through. They've even had orcas sighted there. So, you know, on the marine mammal side, it's, it's got a lot to offer. And being in a magnificent marine protected area and a World Heritage Site, the first World Heritage Site to be proclaimed in, in, in South Africa, there's just so much to see. Underwater is a whole world of interest. And, and above water and in the air too. So very special place. The, the name Isimangaliso, which is the park, is actually means miracle and wonder. So it's very a very apt name for the park. So let's move on now. We're right up near the top of the list. Number two on your list of your favorite places to bird in KZN. Yeah, so right up on the northern boundary is a, a very special area called Tembi, uh, Elephant Park and Luma Game Reserve. And you know, they're very close proximity. I've spent a lot of time there. And Tembi and Ndumo are really special places. Um, it's the southern range for many migratory species um, and and inter-African migrants and whatnot. So love that space. It's got some incredibly unique habitats, particularly the sand forests. And the tree diversity, particularly in Tembi, is out of this world. It's got incredible tree diversity. Um, weeping grow beans and the bomber wattles and torchwoods and you name it it's it makes it so special so yeah i, I love that that spot so Demi and Demi is number two and i don't know if this is gonna be your favorite bird well let me ask your favorite bird first let me in case i i don't want to give a spoiler what is your favorite bird in those places so very difficult to call and it's, it's a bit of um, a subjective one but it, but something that i love and I've had incredibly good sightings there. It's African Gorgel. So um, numerous occasions I've had them literally sitting within meters of me. And um, it's just a magnificent little bird. So there's a ton of others, <laughs> but uh, that, that, that bird has a special place in my heart. Oh, it's a beautiful bird. I think, again, one of those birds, check out on, on the internet, just check out how it looks. It's a fantastic bird. The first time I saw that, I was actually driving into Koozie Game Reserve, and yeah, I had one calling and showing a bit on the side. It was like the first time I got one, I was like, really? It's like this unexpected bird to to see on the way into Makuzi. But that was where I actually saw my first yeah, my, my first African broadball. But the other, the other bird, which I know is, they say relatively easy to get up there compared to other places, which is a bird I've never got to see, so I need to go up there, is, is Pal's Fishing Isle. 
Correct, yeah. So you'd have to go onto the Pongola River there to do the the great thing about Ndumu. So the Pongola River flows through the eastern boundary of Ndumu, flows out into Mozambique and, and up through the Mozambique Bay. So there's there's a lot of walking options within Ndumu with some really fantastic local bird guides, community guides. And one of the walks takes you onto the Pongola River where your probability is, is strong. It's um, in KwaZulu-Natal is probably one of two or three areas where where you have a strong success rate. And yeah, Pulse is obviously um, a dream bird for many people. And it's it's a it's a really reliable zone. Sometimes it takes a few attempts. You don't always get it and um, keeps it coming back again. And then one of the very special birds, and a lot of people go up to Tembe to see is your plainback sunbird. Yeah, 100%. So that was going to be my... My close second to the African Bobo. I've seen it there. There's there's a lodge on on the boundary of Timbu called Royal Tonga, and then in the park there's Timbu Safari Lodge. But at Royal Tonga, they've got 11 hectares of of walking space within the forest. And if you're going to pick out African Bobo and Sunbird and get them on foot, that is for me where I've had by far the most success. I've had playback Sunbird there three times, and um, got photos of them too. Not easy. It's it's uh, you know they they sometimes there sometimes not and season is, is a factor, but but obviously in Mozambique it's an easier bird to get. But if you try and get it on the South Africa list, it's literally pretty much the only spot. And then obviously also the stunning pink throat twin spot. Also they say you can also see it there. Absolutely, they they're pretty common around there. Also gorgeous bushrikes are plentiful at the right time. I've seen a unbelievable number of raptors there too walking and and driving and from some banded snake eagles i've had crown eagles land within six or seven meters above me and african cuckoo hawks are i've had the highest success with african cuckoo hawks there lizard buzzards um, martial eagles so on the raptor count side it's it's very strong um but yeah it's got so many other things from flapped larks to the, the swamp zone presents a whole lot of other opportunities and grey rum swallows. And so that's obviously on the Tembi side. But on the Ndumu side, if you get particularly into the areas where they they do guided walks, uh, broad-billed rollers, I've seen, yeah, I must have seen 30 or 40 in one day. And palm nut vultures, I had palm nut vultures feeding on, on Inyala there. And Ndumu in itself, has a bird list that will make people salivate. So it's it's very special. Pretty amazing. It's a place I definitely have to organise a trip to go to. Yeah, totally. It's you know the the heronry there is also very strong. The waders, um, avocets, and flamingos, and yellowbilled storks, and you name it. There's there's also you know 400 plus bird species there. So. Just something out of interest and why I spent a lot of time in Timbin and Ndumu is I also consult and I did the tourism planning for the whole Tembi and Ndumu City Gorge area, which was a seven-month exercise for Peace Parks Foundation, Casey and Wildlife. And I got to travel all the back routes, um, all the private no entry roads. And one of the things that I was really trying to advocate and I trust they're going to bring it in is for particularly the guides through a small payment system. Um, it could be a daily permit or, or an annual permit where a special right can be granted to to our birding to operators like us, um, and and we could get into those back rows to get to the real 
the heart of and and you know the nesting spots of, of where a lot of these species are. So I'm trusting that they'll make that option available to us. And um, it's obviously if it's only operators, um, it allows us to to not and responsible operators obviously if it, the disturbance will not be seen with them. I, I really believe that if Ndumu is looking to restore its attraction because it's in recent years um, been using it, using out of it to other places, the real draw card would be to make an option like that available because it would put it on the map in a huge way with birders and it's, it's, that's its main income is the birding market. So we've gone through the previous four, so now we are on to our number one birding destination in KwaZulu-Natal. Yeah, I'm sure you, you can, um, many people would agree, but that whole Mkuzi area is is incredible. So Mkuzi Game Reserve and, you know, the, the pans close by, Nsumu Pan, there's Mpempe Pan, Muzi Pan, and the top of Nubela Peninsula. So that all falls within East Mangalese or Wickham Park, um, and Mkuzi being the hotspot. So that is certainly number one. Yeah, I must say Mikuzi is one of my favorite, favorite places. I've this is this will probably get me shot down. I've been to Kruger. I love Kruger. Kruger is fantastic. Um, but if I had to choose between Kruger and Mikuzi, Mikuzi has just got a very, very special place. It's still I don't know, a lot more rugged. I don't know, but the, the and but one thing about Mikuzi, the hides are absolutely fantastic. Some of the best hides I've been to anywhere. Hundred percent, yeah. I mean East Mangalese Wetland Park, one thing they've done extraordinarily well is build the most world-class hides and, and ablutions. So it's 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 hard to beat that. Um, absolutely, the hides are spectacular. Yeah, and you've obviously touched on a lot of the thing. I mean, you know, if someone were to listen to this, they would hear that a lot of the places that you're speaking about, you've got St. Lucia, you've got, um, you know, you spoke about the top places there, Tembe and Nduma and that type of thing, Makuzi. You know, I think in KZN, the the birding hotspot really would be that, that Zululand area. That's probably one of the best places. You know, if you're looking to organize, if you've got a limited time in KZN, that's probably where you'd want to focus most of your attention because I think there's the most most possibilities there. Correct. So, you know, just uh, diversity of species, those that like listing, that, that zone is hard to beat. Um, obviously, if, if you, you just had a big birding day and – there's two regions in the country where, just by virtue of the altitudinal range and, and diversity of habitats, on a day you can you can sometimes beat, and and typically they do beat that that the KZN north northern zone. But if if you really spend three or four days in any space, um, I can guarantee you that Mukuti land and Zulu land uh, has is almost is impossible. So um, you you asked earlier about KZN list and it's currently around 742 species and um, in, in Mkuzi itself there's supposedly 457 of those so you know KZN is not a big province but Mkuzi is only 40,000 hectares and to have 475 uh, sorry 457 of those species literally 52% of the country's list in 40,000 hectares spaces I mean you can understand it's an absolute mine, uh, gold mine and then obviously for overseas people just to it's about it's about three to four hours depending where you're going in in Zululand. You know, you obviously could rent a car in in Durban. 
and you know go up there but you'd obviously have to come back again to you know fly out from durban the closest airport to that would be would be durban and yeah i mean it's a like again just a fantastic fantastic place and yeah great place to base yourself but yeah what's your favorite favorite bird in that area yeah so i was going to say we spoke about pulse fishing out earlier and um in Mkuzi, pulse can be seen has been seen well in, in three or four different areas of that park. So when it comes to pulse fishing owl, um, that is my favorite in, in Mkuzi. Yeah, oh, it's a bird. I haven't seen a Mkuzi yet, but one day. Um, but it's actually a good, it, I think it is also a really good park for birds. I think we went, or for, for owls, we went and did a game drive, a night drive the one time, which I really strongly suggest. And the coolest thing happened. We actually were driving around and we got a flat tire on the game vehicle and we had to like stop there the guys were sitting with their guns and they had to come change the two vehicles around and we sat there for about half an hour waiting for the other vehicle to arrive and yeah and the scops owls started calling across the vehicle it was actually was a laugher for me and you know while other people were stressing about sitting in the middle of the bush with you know the big five around you i was like in my happy place it was the coolest experience ever getting these scops i was calling across the vehicle and you know just driving back we i mean i obviously we got we got i think we got three or four species of owls and it's just it's a fantastic fantastic reserve and yeah again also the the animals are quite good there and yeah it's a great 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 place but you know for those coming over to uh coming over and flock and you know obviously a lot of people i think there's a lot of information this where they could do a self-drive a self-drive trip around kzn and i think anyone wants any information or help i'm sure michael you wouldn't mind giving them a hand or get a hold of myself we would more than happily give you guys a, a help you where we can but for those that are looking to possibly do it to a around flock um how can they get in touch with you yeah so thank you my email is michael at sustainsafaris.com. My website is www.sustainsafaris.com and we have a Facebook page and an Instagram page too. You can contact me on my numbers 0836701436. And yeah, we've got a whole lot of tour options. We we have some standard tour options, but we also do a lot of tailor-made tours. So depending on the group size, the amount of time you've got available after doing a lengthy, you know, trip out to sea. And um, we can we can customize something particularly to your need. And we've obviously spoken to what we would consider the real hotspot areas. Um, but even if it's it's other close areas close closer to Durban, which is more convenient, we'll make that happen. Yeah, I think we haven't even scratched on what is available in KZN. There's just so much more. But Michael, has been fantastic to chat to you. Uh, we'll pop all your details into the into the notes section of this podcast. So, But it's been great to chat to you and all the best with the move down to the Cape. And yeah, just hoping and praying that you can have a fantastic year ahead. Adam, thank you. It's been a real honor and, and so appreciate you all reaching out and giving me the opportunity. It's great to talk about these Anyone that comes to KZN will have an incredible experience on, on the birding front. So, yeah, we would we'd love to show you around and welcome you to our province. We are proud to be working in association with Wild Books online store to help get all the best birding and nature books into your hands at a great price. If you would like to support the Birding Life Project and the resources that we are putting out, please click on the link either in the comment section of this podcast or our social media posts. Your support helps us to improve and hopefully make a bigger impact. Don't forget to follow The Birding Life on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. We appreciate everyone that takes the time to interact with these accounts. Be sure to check out Bird Lesser 
and download the app on either iOS or Android and keep a life list while playing your part in social conservation, as well as Swarovski Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars, and spotting scopes. So until next time, be blessed and happy birding.